When I was a kid, my mom would often take us down to the Smithsonian to meet my dad for lunch at one of the museums. Often it would be the, what was then called Arts and Industries, now American History. And that's the one that has Old Glory, the flag that flew over Fort McHenry during the bombardment in 1814 when the British were trying to um, take over the fort. We all know the story of the national anthem, how Francis Scott Key was inspired by seeing that flag still being flown after the bombardment. And so that, for many of us, may come up when we hear this first reading about a sign, a symbol of hope. Now, the symbol of hope that the Israelites had was not a sign of togetherness. In fact, there is only one other mention of the bronze serpent in the Old Testament, and that is from hundreds of years later, where it was melted down and destroyed because some people had been worshiping it, venerating it, burning incense to it. The people of Israel were not known as the people of the serpent or the people who worshiped the serpent on the staff. It wasn't important to them per se, just in this passage of a time when they had the serpent as an instrument of death and God saying, this instrument of death will be your life. And so, for us as Christians who live in the light of the resurrection, that crucifix that we see in classrooms and hospital rooms, in staff meetings, and of course, in our churches and chapels and cathedrals, that instrument of death that is the cross with Jesus' body on it is to us a sign of life, a sign of hope, a sign of God's great love for us despite an instrument of death and torture. And it is not just the cross that is assigned to us, but if you see an icon, a painting, a drawing, a statue of many saints, especially those who are martyred, you will see some token of their martyrdom with them. With St. Paul, he's often shown with a sword. With St. Peter and St. Andrew, you may see a cross, either upside down or the, the X cross of St. Andrew. With St. Lawrence, it is a gridiron. With St. Stephen, stones. And with the half-size statue of Maximilian Kolbe that is in my uh, hallway at work, we have him standing in a habit, but holding off to the side his tunic that he wore as a prisoner. That was an instrument of his death, his being in prison. For us, perhaps we could think, for those of us who are not martyred, the hour of our death, the instrument of our death, still is something conquered by God, as the cross was with Jesus, as the cross and the stones, the gridiron, the sword, the prison camp 
What kills us, those of us who have been born to new life in baptism, does not separate us from God. And so what kills us, takes our life away, does not take away our eternal life. And so if we look upon the cross and see that as a sign of hope for us, a sign of life with God after our deaths, then perhaps for us, the cancer cell, the blood clot, those things we could point to and say, this was just the instrument in which I left this world, this world that God created for us and God wants us to interact with others and to be loved and to show love to others. And then for the next life that we have with God in the light of the resurrection and because of our baptisms and our living in faith with God, this instrument of our death, like the cross for Jesus, like the stones and gridiron and sword, and far, for far too many people, bullets, those instruments of death have been conquered by Christ, have been conquered by the great love that God has for us. And look upon those. And like the Israelites of thousands of years ago, say those things don't matter. We don't need to have the staff for the bronze serpent. We don't need to worship the gun. We don't need to worship the sword or the, or the regime that has prison camps, that has concentration camps or instruments of death. All those things are wiped away by God's great love for all of us.